The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What's up, everybody? Welcome to your waiver wire episode. It is Tuesday. Dave Richard is here. JB Eisenberg is here. And Angry Adam is back. <laughs> hated that game. Just hated that game. Four times in six weeks, the Broncos have been on national TV. Stop. Just get them off. Get them out of London. Don't even let them go. Just stop. I can't do it anymore with the Broncos, guys. I freaking hate the Broncos. They are now, forget the Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders. They are my least favorite team. I hate the Denver Broncos. If you were alone in a room with Nathaniel Hackett and the and the law enforcement said, you've got two minutes, whatever you do, as long as you don't, you know, really maim him. Is he is you he like tied up or chained? Because there's no way I was going to do anything. That's <laughs> just a okay. good point. Um, he's not allowed to punch or kick you back. I would yell. I would just yell. I would just berate him. But it's it's. I would rather. I'd rather spend that time with Russell Wilson. Is it Russell's no, fault? I'd rather berate Russell oh, Wilson. It's everybody's fault. It's everybody's fault. Yeah, I think it's Russell's fault. I think it's a huge part of it. Aikman said the receivers aren't getting open. He doesn't like the routes. Uh, that could be, but. Man, let's like we're gonna get into the waiver wire, obviously. But Montreal Washington muffs a punt at his own 32-yard line to lose the game. Justin Herbert did not throw a touchdown pass for the first time in 27 games. Russell Wilson threw for I believe 100 he threw it 57 times. Yeah, I know, and no touchdowns. That's crazy. Russell Wilson threw for 121 yards. He threw 57 times. 121 yards in the first quarter and 67 yards for the rest of the game, and he has a hamstring injury. 
Corlin Sutton and Mike Williams combined for four catches for 31 yards, and now Williams has three games with 17 or fewer yards, and three games with 113 or more yards. Melvin Gordon got benched, which actually might be a blessing because maybe we now have a better waiver wire with Latavius Murray widely available. J.C. Jackson got benched. High-priced off-season acquisition for the Chargers. Got benched at halftime. Josh Kelly left in the first quarter with an injury. And Corey Lindsley, he knew what he was doing. He missed the game with food poisoning. So, smartest, yeah. smartest guy in the room, or not in the room. All right. On by this week, Buffalo. The, oh, and even better news. Buffalo, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles are on by. Good luck in week seven, everyone. Uh, all right, Jamie, how's the waiver wire looking this week? It's not great. It's not great, um, but there are some options I think that can help you. It's actually not bad for some streaming tight ends. It's not bad for a couple of streaming quarterbacks. Uh, there's a few options at number three receiver and to add some depth to your running back core, but there's no there's no Kenneth Walker. There's no Eno Benjamin, Deion Jackson. Um, I guess there might be Deion Jackson depending on the situation, but uh, – uh, in terms of like headliners, no, there's no one that I think is, uh, oh my God, I have to spend fab on this guy. There's none of that. Why not Latavius Murray, Dave? First word. Because he's 32 years old and he looks good now, but in three weeks, who knows how he's going to look? We've seen running backs who are old fall off really fast. The offensive line for Denver is also a humongous mess. And think about it this way. The Chargers run defense was just Swiss cheese coming into this game and they didn't take advantage of it. They benched Melvin Gordon. I think it was because he didn't chip somebody on a block that ended up in a Khalil Mack sack in the first quarter. And they, they, they should have run the ball a lot more with Latavius Murray to try and take advantage of that matchup. They didn't do it. Eh. And I, I wonder if it's just because of a lack of confidence in the offensive line. Murray looks good now. I don't know if he's going to look good three weeks from now, but people are desperate at running back. If you need a guy, he's the guy. He had 15 carries, and Wilson only threw 28 passes, so I think they ran the ball. But, yeah, I mean, if you get 15 carries against the Chargers... You, you should have, like, 300 yards. Yeah, 66 yards is not so bad, but... but And it's not like we don't know what the situation is. We'll see what they say about Melvin Gordon, but... Um, I mean, look, I, I, I'm sure, Jamie, that obviously by the time that game started, you had most of your waiver wire column either mapped out or written. I don't know what your process is, but I'm just wondering how much that situation changed things. And if you think we now have a starting running back available, even if it's a low end one. So uh, Chris Towers uh, usually asks me for my top five waiver priorities for the newsletter. And he usually does it sometime around halftime of the, of the Monday night game. And I did not give him Latavius Murray as one of the top five guys. The only running back I did give him, which, you know, again, this is not the greatest situation was Kenyon Drake because of JK Dobbins and the storyline of his knee tightening up. And so I told him, just take off Matt Ryan, who might be the best free agent to add, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I told him, just take out Matt Ryan because he's a quarterback. And, you know, we want to help people, I think, a little bit more at the skill positions and put in Latavius Murray as one of the top five guys, the top five guys that I gave him. And and this is usually, I always revisit it after I, I, I give Chris these names because my process is I usually don't start writing it until after the game is over, um, was uh, Alec Pierce, Rondell Moore, uh, Wondell Robinson, Matt Ryan, and... And Kenyon Drake. So again, just taking out Ryan and putting in, uh, putting in Latavius. I guess we can get into that. Who the top players are? 
And uh, first of all, the key injuries we're going to be tracking. There was a report Marquise Brown could be out for the season, and then Ian Rappaport saying he could be out about six weeks with a foot injury. Either way, that's a big deal. Marquise Brown going to be out for a while, and starting guard Justin Pugh for the Cardinals, he's out for the season. They've got Robbie Anderson. Rondell Moore is about is 65% rostered, so he might be available in your league. And the slot receiver for the uh, Cardinals has scored Double-digit PPR fantasy points in five of six games, the only exception being the first game that Ron Moore returned, where he and Dorch were kind of splitting time in the slot. It's been a very valuable role for fantasy. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will play this week, might be on a snap count. A few players could be returning this week. Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, maybe. Uh, Keenan Allen. And by the way, they, they didn't exactly commit to going back to Mac Jones. I was a little surprised by that. But uh, Dak, Mac Jones, Keenan Allen, Tua, Chris Olave should play this week. So those guys could all be back. Olave has a very good chance of playing on Thursday. Carson Wentz. Olave's fra- off the injury report, so he's, he's okay, going to go. Good to go. Uh, Carson Wentz fractured his finger, could miss about a month. Kenny Pickett uh, left with the concussion. We know that. Rashad Bateman could play this week. He's close to a return. We know about the Cam Akers situation, so we'll talk about that. Uh, maybe Malcolm Brown, if you're desperate. They're on a bye this week anyway. Uh, Jalen Waddle's got this shoulder injury, so we'll see how that develops. He's got to monitor the Colts' backfield. That could be the biggest one. Deion Jackson left with a quad injury. He left uh, very late in the game. So Philip Lindsay right now is the last man standing, but it's very possible that Taylor and Hines and maybe even Jackson play this week. Dalton Schultz tweaked his knee, so we'll keep an eye on that. And let me get your thoughts just on this injury before we get really into the waiver wire here. Uh, this Najee Harris situation, Dave, he played with a steel plate in his shoe I put I wrote in the notes he played with a steel plate in his foot, but no, it was actually in his shoe for the first five games. He had it removed, and I guess it made him get wide open for a touchdown catch. But no, in seriousness, he says he's a hundred percent now. Hundred percent now. What do you think about that with Najee Harris? Could could be could better you time steel plate in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I got to tell you what happened to me last night and why I'm in such a cranky mood. But but Dave, tell me about Najee Harris and if you think things are looking up You're for him. You're out of the rain waiting for the Yankees to play? <laughs> I was glad they didn't play. Uh, but uh, yeah, what, what do you like, Dave, what do you think about Najee with no steel plate in his shoe or foot, it turns out? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited to start him. I've got him ranked as a low-end number two running back this week. Remember, there's four teams on by. There are a lot of really good running backs on by. Matchup against Miami isn't necessarily something that I'm scared of, but he just like the, the touchdown last week was total accidental, uh, blown coverage, and I can't count on that. But that's what he is now. He's a touchdown or bust fantasy running back. If he doesn't score, it's like practically single digit fantasy points guaranteed. Okay. All right. So, Jamie, I'm sorry to make you do this again. Give us the list of the top waiver wire priorities just uh for time code purposes, go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, again, you know, th- there's there's so many directions you go with this, but I, I'm going to buy into what Alec Pierce has been doing. I think he's the number one player to add. I'm going to still buy into what Rondell Moore should be able to do with the Marquise Brown injury. I don't care that Robbie Anderson is joining the team or Hopkins is back. I think you're looking at the slot position is, is locked in for – the slot role is locked in for Rondell Moore, and it's kind of been tried and true whether it was Greg Dortch or Rondell Moore, so I'm going to put him second. Uh, I'm going to buy into what I hope can be Wondell Robinson and, you know, the fact that now he's healthy and, and maybe the best playmaker in the Giants receiving core, which isn't saying very much, but, you know, hopefully there could be something there that turns into number three receiver. So those are my top three guys. Uh, but clearly if you need a running back, Kenyon Drake would be the best one. Latavius Murray, probably the second best one. So there you go. Two aging running backs. That tells you where we're at with the position for this week, which is probably a good thing. You know, I mean, look, we're, we're going to, 
you know, not have great waiver options, but I'd rather have bad waiver options and healthy yeah. running backs. So the guys that we drafted and expected to play as opposed to uh, scrambling to find, you know, the next best hopeful guy when there isn't one that's a standout option for you right now. Yeah, it's funny because I think it's actually going to be kind of a lengthy waiver wire process for me, at least, because these are actually guys who are available in a lot of leagues. Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray, Wandale Robinson in particular. So Jamie said Alec Pierce, Rondale Moore, Wandale, Rondale and Wandale, <laughs> Wandale Robinson, Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray. Dave, who are your priorities this week? I would put Latavius up at the top of the list if you need a running back for sure. But even if you don't, if you just want to build some running back depth, I think it's a good idea. I, I I agree with Pierce being the top wide receiver. Indianapolis threw the ball like crazy. They went no huddle last week. I don't think they're going to do that every week. They lead but the NFL I, in pass attempts. Is what that happened? crazy? Matt uh, Ryan leads the uh, NFL in pass attempts. No, not, not true anymore. Herbert Baston? <laughs> yeah. Herbert Baston. I was going to say the same thing, but I just looked it up. Herbert has four more. That is crazy, though. Herbert, number one. Matt Ryan, Number two in pass still, he's attempts. had 37 pass attempts in every game this season. Right, which is why I think you can buy into him as a bi-week quarterback. I'm not excited to put him in my top three overall, but if whether you were lazy about finding a bi-week replacement or not, I think Ryan and Jimmy G should be at the top of your list this week and maybe yep. even prioritized if you don't need a running back, if you don't need a, a receiver. But I do like Pierce at the top of the list. I don't think we should forget about Darnell Mooney, who's available in 42% of leagues. Josh Reynolds is out there. He's available in 60% of leagues. We'll see how much longer he can keep his role going. Um, Rondale's after that because I think he's safe in full PPR. I just don't know how many weeks he's going to have with 15 to 20 PPR points per game. But I like him. And then at tight end, see if Robert Tunyon's available. Jamie's been talking about him since August. Uh, He was Rogers' guy last week, especially after Randall Cobb went down. But he's only available in 31% of leagues couple of interesting streaming tight ends, just to get it out there. Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Daniel Bellinger on Azers Giants. Ten or more PPR points in each of his past two games. And someone who's getting a lot of run with the starters. He's available in 86% of leagues. Daniel Bellinger tied for the team lead with six other players with one green zone target. They really spread it around, but he does lead the Giants in red zone targets with four. He had a rushing touchdown two weeks ago. He had a receiving touchdown his second of the season. He has three touchdowns in six games. Uh, Daniel Bellinger facing Jacksonville. And uh, there was one tight end who had oh Robert Tunyon. It looks like he has pretty tough matchups going forward or the next couple weeks. Washington's been pretty good. They're third against tight ends and Buffalo after that, and they're actually 12th against tight ends, but they've been really damn good, except Kelsey had 108 yards. Um, all right. It, I do. Let me talk about Alec Pierce here, because you both have him toward the top of your list. On one hand, the production's been very good. On the other hand, he had that late touchdown catch uh, that was actually pretty surprising and would have been a total dud without that, and he actually only has a 16% target share, Alec Pierce, over his last three games. So I totally, you know, I, I tried to pick him up last week. I don't think he's available in any of my leagues, so I'm not saying don't pick him up. But if we're going to recommend him as maybe your top priority on waivers, uh, I guess the bigger question is what do you think about this Colts offense? Are they going to really continue? They're running a lot of plays. They're playing fast pace, So they are running the ball but also throwing the ball a ton. Are they going to continue to have this philosophy? As Dave mentioned, as Dan Schneier laid out beautifully yesterday on Beyond the Box Score, they completely changed their philosophy and went no huddle in week six, and it worked. Um, But, you know, can we count on that for the Colts? It's such a departure from what we expected. And if that's the case and you're not getting a big target share from Alec Pierce, then he could be a huge letdown. So, Jamie, what's your overall take on the Colts offense? 
I, I think we have a lot of things at play here. You have, you go back to the off season when Frank Reich said they got too run heavy for his taste. And so they make the trade, the acquisition to go get a better quarterback. And so they bring in Matt Ryan. So they're going to throw the ball a little bit more to begin with prior to the season even starting. Offensive line has certainly not been what they expected. So the run offense has been terrible for the majority of the season. <clears throat> then you have Jonathan Taylor hurt. And so that's kind of led themselves to where they are right now. Now, do they want to get back? I'm sure to being more balanced. I'm sure that's hundred percent accurate because you saw the way that they played at the end of last season. It was exactly coinciding with Jonathan Taylor's carries going up and him being an MVP candidate. So uh, that was a good formula for success. So do they want to have more balance? Sure. Um, do they have the luxury of being more balanced? I don't know. I mean, their defense right now has been terrible. And so that was supposed to be a strength of this team. It's not. Um, maybe when they get healthy and they get some guys back, Shaq Leonard and, and, and Quiddy Payne and whatnot, uh, they get a little bit better defensively. They don't have to be in this frenetic sort of fast-paced offense to sort of save what their team has been. So um, will they continue to do this? I, I don't think they want to be, you know, 50 pass attempts per game. Will they probably live in the 35 pass attempt range? I think so. Um, and I think that you just look at it. They have spread the ball around to a lot of guys. You know, last week, Paris Campbell was involved. The tight ends have been involved. You know, you go back to the Titans game in week four, it was the tight ends beating up on, on Tennessee's defense. Obviously, Michael Pittman is going to get his numbers. Uh, we still haven't really seen the, the Naheem Hines passing game yet. You know, his role in, in the passing game pop like I was expecting it to. So uh, can Alec Pierce continue to do this? No, but there's also, we talk about this all the time. How much better do rookies tend to get toward the end of the season? as they get more adept and a comfortable and, and, you know, the familiarity with the offense, he's starting to put up numbers now. And there's not a lot of competition for targets on this team from a standpoint of talent. So I think he's going to continue to get better. So I'll buy into it for sure. Okay. So just to recap, Alec Pierce, Rondell Moore, Wandale Robinson at running back, Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray at quarterback, Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't forget about Darnell Mooney if he's available, Robert Tunyon if he's available. I know for a lot of you are going to say, these guys aren't available in my league. Don't worry, I got you covered. We will talk uh, about some deep league guys. You got to subscribe to the Fantasy Football Today in five podcasts or just listen to it, download it, wherever you listen to podcasts, five minutes every morning to give you the fantasy information that you need, hosted by Chris Towers. Fantasy Football Today in five. Let's have a fab discussion here. Dave, give me the fab layout this week. Save it. <laughs> what if Alec Pierce is available? That's a, save it. Don't go crazy. A few percentage points. No, no more than 10% on anybody. I think 10% should only be reserved for Latavius if you're desperate for a running back. And if it's, you might even go a little bit higher than that for Latavius. If you're de- you have to be so desperate, though. Like your starting running backs have to be Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary, and your best backup running back right now is J.D. McKissick. Like that kind of desperate, where you need a warm body who can help you win in week seven. In that case, I might go over 10% on Latavius Murray. But th- this is the this is the upside of this week's waiver wire, is that there isn't that must-get guy who you've got to drop all of your fab on. And maybe it's it might be in your best interest, especially because I think it's deep at receiver this week. Maybe you don't even put in any bids more than like one or two percent of your fab, but I would I would go thrifty this week. Okay, but here's the thing, and and you know you brought this up, Adam, that Alec Pierce is not available in a lot of leagues, and I hope people that have been sticking with us are, are aware of this. You know, so there are some people clearly that are you know finding us for the first time or for the last you know week or so are not consistently listening. We've been saying these names since the preseason. Yeah, we've been saying these names since the draft. You know about Wandell Robinson and 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 Pierce and. You know these guys, and so 
you know, hopefully they've, they've been added in, in, in a lot of our leagues. I hope that's the case, you know, that, that when we say get these guys now while they're 1% or, you know, your second run of waivers, your third run of waivers, um, the, we'll, we'll bring up a few of those names as well. But <clears throat> I do think, though, in terms of one guy, there's one guy that you're going to see you have to spend money on. Let's see if you guys can figure out who it is. I think it's going to be if Latavius. It's the same trick that you did last week. It's it's Mitchell Trubisky. No. Oh, oh, it's Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's one. <laughs> I said it. I said yeah to pick up Taylor Heineke. I was not expecting an injury. You, did. you called it on Friday. I said lucky, lucky. Um, yeah, Heineke. You know, Heineke. He came out kind of on fire. His first two starts last year, he scored I think more than twenty-two fantasy points. Uh, I've got this. I think he, it was like four or five or three, three or five. Yeah, he was absolute trash after that. He threw seven touchdown passes yep. in his first three starts, and he threw 12 more rest of season, and I think 12 more starts because uh, he, he made, I think he made 16 starts, actually, and he threw one touchdown, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Seven touchdown passes in his first three starts, 12 more rest of season. But but look, there's, there's Curtis Samuel, there's Dotson hopefully coming back soon. It's another guy. I wonder, is he in your waiver column, Jahan Dotson? Wonder if he's coming back anytime soon. Um, I had to drop him last week. I think week. he's over still around sixty percent. Is he okay? Thirty eight percent available. Can I need to have this discussion with you now before I forget? Give me your forecast for the Denver and Baltimore backfields going forward because you don't seem you don't seem like you're putting Latavius Murray and Kenyon Drake or Gus Edwards in the spend all your fab got to have them. Like they're just clearly not in that category. So. Do you think Melvin Gordon still factors in? Do you think J.K. Dobbins is still going to be the guy at some point? Jamie, how should we approach these backfields? Because if I'm looking on the waiver wire, I mean, I see, I see two potential starters going forward, and I don't know. I think you could, you could certainly justify prioritizing Gus Edwards over Kenyon Drake, but I think you, you guys might have Drake ahead. But Latavius, 15 carries last last night. You know, I think people are going to spend more than you've recommended on Latavius Murray. So let's put these backfields in perspective. Go ahead. These are two short-term solutions because I can't imagine that Kenyon Drake is going to be the lead running back for Baltimore for very long because I hope J.K. Dobbins is not facing a serious absence. It doesn't sound that way. And Jason Lockenfora, who uh, is uh, – he does some, some gambling for us now on, on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, he's no longer the, the insider for us on CBS Sports, but he knows the Ravens as well as anybody. He hosts a radio show in Baltimore. And I asked him off the air prior to Sunday's appearance on, on our show, what's the deal with Dobbins? And he said this, and I saw it in the report as well. He said, don't be surprised if they're cautious with him because of the turf in no. Giant Stadium. And the report was that the, the Ravens were a little concerned about that, which is why they took him off the field. And so it could just be that they didn't want to risk anything with him. And he also said, when I asked him about Gus, he said, they're going to baby Gus coming back too, you know, so they're looking to December and January to get these guys ramped up, which sucks for us. But I think, you know, Drake, we've seen it already, you know, the first two games of the season, he was terrible, you know, so he had a big game against the giants. To me, that's a fluke. So could he have some short-term appeals, a flex? Yes. The Browns run defense is bad. If he's the lead guy, he's, he's, he's right back where he was at the start of the season of flex. Latavius Murray, Dave said he's 30 plus years old, 32 years old. Melvin Gordon, I don't think, is gone as being a guy who's going to touch the ball. Mike Boone is going to touch the ball. And don't rule out them bringing in somebody else again because this team needs to fix itself. So they could be the Cam Akers destination. You know, we just don't know. So I don't see these as these are difference-making players. 
These are short-term band-aid type of guys to maybe help you through the bye weeks. And so if, if Murray is going to get 15 carries, this is now two games without Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon, I think, got lucky to get over 100 total yards last week. And Latavius Murray got a lot of empty touches. So if he falls in the end zone, great. He's not going to catch the ball. They threw two passes to the running backs, three passes to the running backs. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not spending a lot on it. Well, I'd rather get the receivers by far. They had been throwing a decent amount to the to the running backs when they had been, but Russell Wilson looks like he can't see anything. I just want their red zone must be so they're probably under 20% now in the red zone conversions. Broncos, gosh, they are 20%. I mean, that, that is so bad. That is by far the worst in football. By the way, number two is Seattle. So Russell Wilson has cursed that team in the red zone as well. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, oh, wait, hold on. I got to get up for one second. I'll be right back. I got to show you. Yeah, fart? No, I'll be right back. What is he doing? In the middle of a show, he's going to get up. What do you think he's doing? I have no idea. If he's bringing back a cockroach, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> okay, you guys. All right. You good? I'm back. I had to get yeah. something. Look at this. This is what? This is tangerine, I think. Yeah, this is tangerine. This is golden cherry liquid IV. This is tropical punch. This is green apple. We are a liquid IV household. This is. These are four bags that I have. I have like 10 more. Over there, we have so much liquid IV. We love liquid IV. All right, get your, get yourself hydrated and flavor up your water. Water's boring. I mean, we love water, but put some liquid IV in there. And, uh, you know, look, it's it's important to stay hydrated. It's cold and flu season. So if you put a little packet, you got a packet of liquid IV, you put some in your water. You don't even have to put the whole thing in if you don't want to. But there's so many great vitamins and um, electrolytes and, and things like that. B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's going to hydrate you two times faster than water alone if you just pour 16 ounces. I'm sorry, if you pour a stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water. And really the best thing about it is the flavor, right? You just... I gave you all those flavors. There are so many more, so many great flavors of liquid IV available to you. You can buy them in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 15% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code FFT at checkout. So seriously, we love liquid IV in this house. I've recommended it to my friends. We're all kind of in on liquid IV. It's delicious. It keeps you hydrated. It's got all those vitamins in it, non-GMO, premium ingredients, three times the electrolytes, of traditional sports drinks. Again, grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get that 15% discount. 15% off at liquidiv.com. Use our promo code FFT at checkout. That is 15% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code FFT at liquidiv.com. What'd you guys say about me behind my back when I left? Oh, we thought you had a fart. No, I didn't. Nope, fart free over here. More news and notes. What You guys want to just talk about uh, the Arizona offense. We spent about 10 minutes on this, Dan Schneier and I, yesterday on Beyond the Box Score. But what are your thoughts, Dave? With You needed 10 minutes on the Arizona offense? <laughs> yeah, you need about five hours on the Arizona offense. There's a lot going on there. No, you need about like 30 seconds. No, there's a lot. Okay, they're another team that's having a lot of trouble on third down, having a lot of trouble in the red zone. They're pretty good in total yards. I think they were 13th in total yards going into the game last night. I don't know if Denver or the Chargers passed them. Um, They're a team that's leaving a lot of points on the board, and maybe DeAndre Hopkins can help their red zone efficiency in particular. 
uh, but they obviously have some big problems as well. But yeah, what, what do you think about basically DeAndre Hopkins coming in and replacing Marquise Brown, and they also bring in uh, Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson. I feel like Robbie Anderson's there to replace Marquise Brown as their shot play guy, and Hopkins is there to help provide stability and move the chains. But they've got a terrible offensive line. They've got a quarterback who's missing wide open receivers and is throwing off target. They've got a coach that's not coming up with innovative ways to move the chains. I'm nervous about these guys. And not that we're starting um, Robbie Anderson, but Rondale, safe for 10 to 14 PPR points per game. I think Hopkins can beat that most weeks, but maybe not by much. Brown's injury, I think, just kicked the door down for Zach Ertz to be helpful rest of season. But we'll see. I'm not ready to like guarantee that he's going to be 10 to 13 PPR points per game the rest of the way. But I think he could be better now. And I think he's just been uh, among the most reliable short area targets for the Arizona offense. And they need that because they can't protect uh, Kyler at all. It's an ugly offense and I'm nervous about him. There's a part of me that wants to sell high on Hopkins. Just, I I don't, I don't know if he's going to be what he was two years ago, much less last year. I wonder if I could get something decent for him before he even takes a snap. Definitely a good call to sell high on, on Hopkins. Uh, you know, could be name over game at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the funny thing about Kyler is if you were to say before last week's game, and granted, he should have had a monster game against Seattle, but if you were to say before last week's game, he's going to throw for 222 yards and run for 100 yards, you would sign up for that 10 out of 10 because it should have yeah. led to a dominant performance. All he needed was, you know, clearly – uh, a couple of touchdowns to put him in the top five at the position, even with the interception. But um, the the thing about this receiving core now is it's it's almost essentially totally different. You know, with one guy coming, two guys coming in, and one guy coming out. Now, obviously, there's a uh, a familiarity and rapport with with Hopkins for Murray. So hopefully, there's some semblance of of continuity that they don't have to you know pick up or relearn you know anything. You know, they can just pick up where they left off. So I think Hopkins can still be a, a serviceable number two receiver, especially this week with all the guys on the bye. So I'm going to start him this week right off the right out of the gate, depending on what my receiver core looks like uh, in a three receiver league. I think the thing about um, Robbie is that there'll be a big game, three bad games, a good game, two disappointing games. He's just going to be that type of a player, which is what he's been his entire career. Uh, I still think Rondell Moore is going to be fine because I think with the way the offensive line is and the way Kyler's looking for him, uh, that position. You know, again, going back to Greg Dortch. It should be safe. Zach Ertz should be safe. And then um, I was encouraged by the workload for, you know, Benjamin, you know, and not, not the production, but, you know, the offensive line is not going to help him. But I think if you're getting that amount of work for him moving forward, he's still in the number two running back discussion. I, as you were, I swear, this just, just happened. I just got offered in a 10 team, 10 team super flex league. Uh, I just got offered Aaron Jones for DeAndre Hopkins. And I am going to hit accept on that immediately. Smart. Good. Yeah. Perfect. And I share this team with Heath, but he has basically given up because we're the worst team in the world. So I'm going to make <laughs> an exec. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, right. I have DeAndre Hopkins, right? I'm getting Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. Ron Burgundy. Uh, I just want to make sure I got my teams confused here. Uh, yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, that's happening. Okay. Um, speaking of Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers wants him to get more touches and Aaron Rodgers wants them to simplify the offense. And um, I, I feel like I'm making a mistake here and I'm giving up Aaron Jones for Hopkins. But no, I have Hopkins, right? Okay, <laughs> you, can't, you can't be acquiring somebody that somebody made you a trade offer. Uh, 
Okay. Um, I'm talking to AJ Dillon in about two hours, so I'm going to ask him about the offense. Okay. Ask him what it's like to be on the bench because that's where he's going to be. So yeah, they want to get. We'll see what he says. They want to get. Uh, they want to get Aaron Jones more involved. They want to simplify the offense. Randall Cobb is going to be out a while. Uh, I'm not going to go through all these news items here. I gave you the big ones earlier in the show. I'm just going to ask you: drop or hold Marquise Brown? I'm going to guess he goes on IR. So I would try and hold him if you have an IR spot. But mm-hmm. if you don't and your team is struggling, then you probably need to drop him. All right, let's talk more waiver Reed. wire here stuff. Uh, waiver wire guys here. Um, deep leagues. So, oh, none of these guys are available by league. All right. So, who is available? Dave, who is available in those leagues? Who are the deep league guys? Well, Wandale qualifies. He's available in 88% of leagues, and his role is going to grow in the Giants' offense. So, I like him. And speaking of roles growing, Tyquan Thornton's role looks pretty good in New England. He's available in 96% of leagues. The Patriots, uh, can I, am I allowed, is it, is it okay, or am I going to be called a dork if I compliment the Patriots' play calling on offense? No, kudos to them. I, they, they've kind of turned it around. <laughs> How could you say otherwise? They've they've been good. So credit to Matt Patricia if he's still the one doing it. If not, maybe it's Joe Judge. Who knows who it is? But Tyquan Thornton getting involved early and often, I didn't think he'd be involved this quickly. And he's fast, and he's, he's making plays. You, you got to buy into that at least as a bench receiver. And then it gets pretty ugly. We're talking about maybe stashing Paris Campbell, putting him on your bench. I don't feel excited about that. Same thing with Van Jefferson. He's better for the IR spot. Uh, the rookie tight ends, Bellinger, 86% available. Dulcich, 97% available. Um, maybe throw Kate Otten in there too yeah. as a one-week guy at 95% available. Okay. And... Yeah, I think obviously, I think Latavius Murray and Kenyon Drake are also part of that discussion, right? I mean, I don't know. We don't have to be super deep 18 team leagues or anything. They're going to be available in a ton right, of leagues. But that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. I didn't think I needed to. No, you're right. You didn't. I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. All right. So oh, I'll give you one more IR stash guy. Okay. Given all the Rams' woes at running back, say that 10 times fast. Kyron Williams okay. is still on IR. If you've got an IR spot, stash him. He's a good third down back. Maybe he ends up getting a better role than that when he returns. All right, let's do um, top three at each position, and then we'll. I just want to throw some names out there so people have them. Then we'll recap last night's game, and then we'll get further into it. But, Jamie, the top three quarterbacks to get are? Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Marcus Mariota. Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Marcus Mariota. Do you consider any of them season-long plays, or these are just one-week replacements? I would hope you don't have to start them season long, that your situation is better, but I would rather have the top two guys at this point than Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. Um, Ryan, again, uh, now top two in pass attempts for the season, I think has some staying power. And Garoppolo, if this defense continues to struggle, will probably have some staying power as well. So, and Mario's not awful. You know, I mean, he finally had the breakthrough game over 20 fantasy points, and he's been running over 50 yards rushing his last two weeks. So if you're going to get that as a floor, that's a pretty nice floor. So, um, yes, I think there is some staying power, certainly 14-team league. Would you drop Jared Goff for Matt Ryan? I like Goff this week, so I don't necessarily think I'd make that. It feels like a lateral move. You like Goff this week against the Cowboys? Goff, as we've seen, has a higher ceiling. You like Goff against the Cowboys? 
I don't mind golf against the Cowboys. I think you're going to see, you know, this offense continue to put up points. Uh, this is this is the type of scenario I think that favors him because I think the Cowboys are going to put up points. So I think that he will score. Um, but no, I like Ryan better this week. But rest of season, I think as the again going back to the Colts conversation, as they start to normalize a little bit with their run game, mm-hmm. uh, golf is going to be a lot of shootouts. Matt Ryan has such a good matchup this week. Tennessee, most yards per attempt allowed, 30th against quarterbacks. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes to a quarterback in every game, including to Matt Ryan. All right, Dave, the top running back priorities are? Latavius Murray, number one. Kenyon Drake, number two. Before you even look at those guys, double-check to see if Deion Jackson's available. Not that he's a lock to play this week, but if he do, if Jonathan Taylor sits again, you're, Deion Jackson's a must-start. So those would be the first two. I guess Mike Boone is number three. I, I didn't like a lot of other running backs this week. Okay. So it's it's not really a, a great list. It's an old list. It's old balls list <laughs> with Murray and Drake at the top. And there's well, a Jackson chance the there's a chance Ph- Philip Lindsay enters the discussion at some point too. Sure, because Jackson left in the fourth quarter. So I mean there's there are a lot of moving parts in that Colts backfield. Yeah. Absolutely true. All right, Jamie, top wide receivers. Uh, Alec Pierce would be one. Rondell Moore would be two. And Wondell Robinson would be three. Uh, just some other guys if you'd like to go a different direction. Josh Reynolds would be four for me. Um, I put Josh Palmer five just in case Keenan Allen stays out again. Uh, we saw a little revival for him last night against the Broncos. And then Darnell Mooney right after that. How come you don't have Mooney higher? Uh, because I've seen enough of sample sizes Bears offense that, you know, Mooney's getting better. Fields is getting better. But you also have Fields with a shoulder injury now. So if he is out for whatever reason, I can't imagine that Darnell Mooney is going to benefit. They have a pretty tough schedule. They have the Patriots and Cowboys next, which is kind of a bummer. No, I agree. It's tough, but you you laid out the negatives for Alec Pierce and Rondale Moore doesn't have a very high ceiling. I'd put Mooney ahead of Moore. I'm not ready to do uh, Mooney ahead of Pierce. I like Pierce Mooney Moore as my top three. Wandale right behind him. Okay. Yeah, the thing about at least I, I like about the Cardinals. I don't see changing. Again, another team is going to throw the ball a ton. The Bears are certainly not going to be that. They are so, the opposite. You know, you're, you're you're getting uh, you know, what we saw last week. I hate to say it, but it might be the ceiling for Donald Mooney. Uh, how about where are we at? Tight ends, Dave. I'm gonna, if you have a second, if you could look up IDP, I should have asked you earlier. I'm sorry, but Jamie, you can take yeah, us. You can take us through tight ends, DSTs, and kickers. Let's go to tight ends. Uh, let's go with the revenge game. Evan Ingram gets the Giants. Uh, you know, he's got five catches or more in back-to-back games, so hopefully that continues. And Marvin Jones being banged up, I think, helped him a little bit. Uh, Daniel Bellinger second, and then K. Dotton third. Uh, it doesn't sound like Cameron Brate's playing anytime soon. And so we saw what K. Dotton was able to do two games ago when Brake got hurt, uh, with the receiving core still being a little banged up for the Bucks with Julio Jones not there. I think Otten has some staying power. So those will be the top three guys there. Um, the DSD streamers, it's not a bad week. Uh, I hope again, you listened to us last week when I said the Patriots, number one, the schedule is fantastic. They get the bears this week. Uh, bears will be one. How about the jets? And number oh, two, but pa- pa- Patriots, been. Patriots are one. Patriots are one. Patriots. You said bears. One. Yeah. Patriots are one. Patriots get the bears. Yeah. You, you, you said both, but I just want to clarify. Patriots are I'm number sorry. one. Patriots yes. would be one. Mm-hmm. If they're not available, the jets, they get the Broncos, which feels like a layup at this point. Yeah. Um, the Titans, I know their defense hasn't played well, but Matt Ryan has still been turnover prone. Uh, actually, get five this week. The Giants get the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has been a little turnover prone. And the Broncos, DST, despite the fact that their offense has been miserable, their defense has still been great, keeping teams under 20 points per game. Uh, there, the, the kickers, uh, Brett Maher, Dustin Hopkins, assuming he's healthy, uh, Graham Gano, Chase McLaughlin, and uh, Greg Zerline. 
Man, are the Jets going to beat the Broncos? Yep. Go five and two. The Jets are steamrolling people. <laughs> uh, Dave, you know, IDP? I'm, I'm going to ask AJ Dillon this. Everybody's panicking about the Packers, their last two losses, back-to-back losses. They lost to what is now looking like some pretty good teams. Yeah. With the Giants and the Jets in back-to-back weeks. I don't know. I, I think I could maybe buy it more with the Jets than the Giants. I, I don't think you, you should. Uh, they shouldn't have lost both games. They That's, should not have lost those games. But again, those teams look a lot better than what it was expected to be yeah. prior to the season. They're nine and three. It's it's wacky. They're definitely they're definitely better than we thought. Um, Dave, you got any IDP for us? Got a bunch. Down with IDP. Got a bunch. The best linebacker is Alex Anzalone, who's coming off the bye, has at least eight and a half PPR points if you're giving a half point for assisted tackles in two of his past three games, and the Lions get run on a lot, so he should get a bunch of tackles. There's a lot of good defensive backs out there. Tariq Woolen has been making plays for Seattle. How about 11 and a half points in each of his past three games? Richie Grant for Atlanta has been putting up some decent numbers. Grant Delpit in Cleveland. Kyle Duggar might be, he might be my favorite or second favorite guy on this list with Woolen. And he's got Chicago this week. He's probably going to be my favorite. So I saved the best for last with DBs. And one defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen in Washington has at least 11 and a half fantasy points in two of his past three games, six or more. Six is pretty good for a defensive lineman in leagues where tackles count. That's in three of his past four and all but two games this year. Yeah, I'd wonder with a guy like Kyle Duggar, if for IDP, we don't have to talk about this too long, if you actually fade them against the Bears because they don't throw very much. Um, you know, but no, but he's a tackler. Okay. Too. Well, that's good then. Then yes, then so, you like that. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of, he had eight tackles last week against Cleveland five the week before. He was good last season too. Okay. Yeah. He's a, I think he's a pretty good player. Let me recap here. Top three quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, running backs, Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, and then maybe Mike Boone, check on Deion Jackson, maybe Philip Lindsay as the week progresses. Wide receiver, Alec Pierce, Rondale Moore, Wandale Robinson, Josh Reynolds, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Darnell Mooney. Dave much higher on Darnell Mooney than Jamie is. Tight end, Evan Ingram, Daniel Bellinger, Kate Otten. DSTs, the Patriots, the Jets, the Titans, the Giants, and the Broncos. Just two, two things because, again, we talk about a different threshold than some other sites may have. Obviously, if Deion Jackson is still available... Given the situation, he's at sixty six percent on our site, which probably means he's lower on some other sites. Oh yeah, I'd make him a, I'd make him the number one priority running back, just because if he is healthy and Taylor and and um, if Taylor and uh, Hines are out, yeah. then you saw what he's been the last two weeks, at least thirteen PPR points in both games, and then a tight end Robert Tunyon because he's at sixty six percent. Also, uh, clearly he's been building towards something the last three weeks, uh, and you saw what he was capable of doing now, especially with Randall Cobb out. There could be mm-hmm. some bigger games. Trust him. Rogers trusts him a lot. Yeah, listen. All right, so so shallow leagues. Deion Jackson, Robert Tunyon, but also Michael Gallup, uh, Tyler Boyd, clearly getting more involved. Let's certainly uh, look, at least look for Tua and Dak on your waiver wire. See if they're available. And, and golf. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really surprised that you like golf this week against Dallas. They're yeah. so good. I don't, I don't like him in the sense that he's a must-start quarterback. I'm looking more long-term with Goff. And so I would not be surprised if Goff is what he's been in some tough matchups, which is 18 fantasy points. But I also think you're looking what he could be long-term, especially if uh, Amon Ra's back and healthy and and Jamison Williams coming down the road. This defense is terrible. So a lot of shootouts coming. 
Don't forget about DeAndre Swift coming back. That might happen this week, and that would sure. also help golf. Dallas, Miami, Green Bay are the next three games for the Lions. Let's take a break. When we come back, Chargers, Broncos, who to drop, and digging a little bit deeper into the waiver wire uh, when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, Chargers 19, Broncos 16. Chargers had the ball for 38 minutes and 49 seconds. Broncos for 28 minutes and 33 seconds. They really just didn't have the ball. The Chargers had a lot of long drives that just didn't result in touchdowns but they kept the ball out of the Broncos' hands. And it was really just an ugly game. But, okay, we talked a lot about the running backs. Russell Wilson, 92% rostered. He has one game with 20 20 or more fantasy points. He has two games with more than 13.1 fantasy points and six points per passing touchdown leagues. Yak. He's running a little bit more lately. That's good. I think he's over 20 rushing yards in three straight games. But drop drop or hold or drop or keep Russell... What do we do with Russell Wilson, Dave? Drop. Drop, Jamie. Thank you. Really drop? <laughs> Jamie's right, and I agree. The only reason why you'd keep Russ around is if you like his matchup when you're another quarterback on your team has a bye. And this is a great time to do it. This is a great time to drop Russell Wilson because we like a lot of quarterbacks this week as streaming options. You're basically committing to streaming at this point if you're dropping Russell Wilson. You might have dropped Russell Wilson already. Good for you if you did. Um, but I like Matt Ryan. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd start those two guys this week ahead of Russell Wilson. I think you can make the case for Goff ahead of Russell Wilson. There's nothing wrong with picking up one or two of those quarterbacks and kind of mixing and matching moving forward with them because Russ isn't going to get the job done. They need to fix the offensive line, and then they need to fix Russ before Russ comes back. And I do want to give him credit. In the first quarter, it looked like old-school Russ. Yeah. And then... From the second quarter on, it looked like old Russ. Yeah, going yeah, to school. The difference. Yeah, right. He 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 stunk and man, yes, the yes, the line is an issue, but also it's it's like you watch Justin Herbert under pressure make a seven yard throw. He, he basically won them the game with that pass to Mike Williams yeah. to get them into field goal range. So under pressure, it, why can't Russell Wilson do that? Why can't he just because, do a check down for God's sake? I'll tell you why. Because he's. He's not used to doing that stuff. And older quarterbacks tend to be more sensitive to pass rush pressure as they get older. And there were so many times in this game where he was pressured, flushed out of the pocket, and his plan was to chuck the ball as far out of bounds as he could possibly yeah. do it. So yeah. he's he's not going to find that magic like he used to find in Seattle anymore. He's a different guy. And I almost wonder if he's like, he got his next contract. He's just kind of going to do 
the best he can without putting in the 100% effort. Oh, uh, I don't want to go there. Because no he knows that he could I, get, I don't want to go there. Dude, he way. knows that he could get crushed behind this no offensive way. line. I'm not going to question anyone's effort. I don't know if he believes effort. in this coaching staff either. That guy's working his butt off. There's no way he's taking any slack. We can't make that comment, I think. Then Can't do it. Uh, there's got to be a reason for why he's not throwing to open targets. And this wasn't the first How time. do you know they're open? I mean... You know, because Greg Dulcich is just standing six yards. Well, in that front was of him one with, play, like, but a halo of five yards. But Troy Aikman was saying that the guys are not right, getting open. Right him. Uh, that was a play. And that was bad. Close to the first time. It happened like four times the game before. All right. He's not the same guy. Drop him. All right. He might not be the same guy, but I just don't want to question his effort. Uh, now the Broncos. I'm going to call them the buy low Broncos, not because they're buy lows, but because they create buy lows. Because teams suck against it. Their defense is incredible. And if you looked at Michael Pittman last week and Mike Williams, maybe this week, I mean, Mike Williams got Patrick Sertan. Sertan stuck on him basically the entire game. And Mike Williams had two catches. Uh, Now, of course, Keenan Allen's coming back. But do you see, Jamie, do you see by lows? Like, Justin Herbert, he's been struggling lately. Is Keenan Allen going to fix everything? What is Mike Williams? Is he a buy low or is he a stay away from with with Keenan Allen coming back? Remember, Keenan Allen played basically all of last year. Mike Williams had a good year. Inconsistent, but good. What do you think about the Chargers here uh, in terms of... Really, Herbert great, great bio opportunities. You know, I, I think you can certainly find some fantasy managers. I know I'm one in particular that is desperate for wins and has Keenan Allen on my bench because I haven't been able to use him. And so there's, you know, somebody I could probably use this week if Allen is out once again that I would be willing to flip Keenan Allen for. I'm sure there's a lot of people in that scenario. Um, Mike Williams, anytime you get a player of his caliber that's coming off a bad game, especially when you know the reason why, like you laid it out, uh, Patrick Sertan was was all over him. Um, yes, buy low for him because even if he's not going to have consistent performances uh, like you'd hope, there's still every other week of dominant performances that's available to him. And clearly Justin Herbert is a 5,000-yard passer, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, when he's coming off some subpar performances, look, he may not have the same heights last year because who knows how significant the rib injury he's been playing with. No Rashawn Slater, so the offensive line's not the same. Uh, but still, there's plenty of 25 plus point week games uh, left in that arm yeah. that you'd like to have on your fantasy roster. So if somebody is struggling because of bye weeks at other positions, you try to get Justin Herbert while he's cheap. All right. And Austin Eckler is the number one running back per game in PPR. He averaging, he's averaging 2.6 more PPR fantasy points than number two, Saquon Barkley. Eckler is number four per game in non-PPR. Oh, let's actually, I was going to go to the waiver wire, but let's do the dropo meter Give me zero to ten for these guys. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is my. Oh no, I forgot to copy and paste the dropo meter. Yeah. Damn it! All right, Cur- well, I remember. I remember Curtis Samuel was on there. Curtis Samuel, zero to ten. Ten in non PPR and half PPR, eight in full PPR. Jamie, what'd you say? Three. Yeah, I'm not gonna drop me. I don't want to see what happens, Heineke. All right. How about all of the Jets wide receivers? And their schedule is so bad. It's like tens. All drop them. Yeah. I mean, it's Buffalo. There's Buffalo. There's New England twice. There's a bye. Who do they play? Oh, they have Denver this week. So the next five games look kind of rough. So drop them all. I think you can. I mean, here's the numbers in the last two games. I just did this. The last two games where it's been all Brees Hall. This is what the top three receivers have combined for. Uh, 21 targets combined the last two <laughs> weeks for Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and uh, Corey Davis. The production over those two games, nine catches, 136 yards, no touchdowns. Elijah Moore had no targets last week. Zero. Yeah. And he tweeted about it. But, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, he did. 
It's, it's just schedule is just so bad too. All right, uh, you know yeah. what? We'll do drops while we talk about the positions. Quarterbacks, take a look and see if two is available in Jared Goff. Uh, but the quarterbacks we like are Matt Ryan. His next two games are Tennessee and Washington. So these are really, really good matchups uh, for Matt Ryan. Jimmy I think there's another one down the road. He's got Las Vegas after the Patriots in Week ah, 10. Patriots, then so the Raiders. three of his yeah. next four. Garoppolo has the Chiefs, who have seen the most pass attempts in the NFL, and every quarterback scored at least 18 fantasy points and thrown at least two touchdowns against the Chiefs. Uh, the average against them is 26 per game. Wow. Uh, He's a top 12 quarterback this week. 26 what? What did you say? 26 fantasy points per game a lot. Against the Chiefs, yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, Mariota, who has Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's been really good defensively. No quarterback mm-hmm. has scored more than 15 points. They face a lot of backup quarterbacks, though. But Mariota. Uh, we have not talked about Jameis. Do you think he plays this week, Jamie? We haven't talked much about Heineke. I'm assuming he's more of a 2QB league guy. But do you think Jameis is a 1QB league guy? Uh, I do. And you look at his schedule coming up, it's ridiculously great. Um, his next four games are fantastic. And so including this week against Cardinals. So Dennis Allen left the door open for him to return. I don't think you necessarily have to worry about if you want to uh, pick him up to start him this week. Maybe you want to see what happens since it's a short week and no Michael Thomas. But if the receiving core gets healthy and you get him in this stretch run of what he's got, um, I, I can tell you in a second, they probably have a schedule right in front of him. So if you want to... Cardinals, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers are his yeah. next yes. four games. And so, it does so, get ugly after that. The, the, the latter two a little misleading, clearly, because the Steelers could get healthy with their secondary, and, and the Ravens, we know, has been a little misleading because of the Dolphins game sort of blowing up a little of their numbers. But just in terms of fantasy points allowed, if you're just going based on paper, uh, there's a chance here for Jameis to have some big games. And so um, not a bad stash candidate if your quarterback situation is a little murky. Okay. I think we've spoken enough about Ryan, Garoppolo, and Mariota. Those are your best options. Drop candidates, Stafford and Wilson and Wentz. Um, with, I'm thinking Wilson, the least droppable of that trio, Stafford, Wilson, Wentz. Again, I don't, I, you know, what, what would make you at this point, not pivot from Wilson to Ryan? Name? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. Matt Ryan retiring. <laughs> okay. I just, let me, before we go to uh running backs, Dave, you like Darnell Mooney. What do you think about picking up? Justin Fields, who unfortunately is facing the Patriots and the Cowboys on the road in his next two games, but is showing some signs of progress. You know, what do you think about picking up Fields? And how about Bailey Zappi? What do you think? I don't get the reference. Because I'm happy, you know. Oh. (laughs) Adam. Uh, I I have Fields already stashed in a couple leagues as a bi-week replacement. I'm going to try and turn him into Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't really feel comfortable using him against the Patriots and the Cowboys in those next two games. Certainly don't mind using him or holding on to him for weeks 10 or 11. If you've got a quarterback on by those weeks, he's got the Lions and the Falcons. I like those matchups for him. But the next couple of weeks, I don't like. I would rather I'd rather make a play for, let's just say I had Russell Wilson and Justin Fields and I just need to reset completely. I'd rather go get Ryan or Garoppolo and then put in a $0 bid or a late waiver claim on Jameis. And that way, I think I feel covered for the next three or four weeks at quarterback. Okay, uh, running backs. We're going to look for some handcuffs, high-end handcuffs, like Khalil Herbert, Michael Carter, Rashad White, Naeem Hines. You know, Naeem Hines is pretty interesting. Figure he'd be back this week. Deion Jackson, which is why you said, you know, go pick up Deion Jackson. 
But I really feel like Naeem Hines is going to be back just based on what yeah. we know about the concussion protocol. I feel like Taylor's going to be back. Right. But again, we thought that last week when they both returned to practice at the end of the week. And the Colts may just want to be cautious to make sure they're good to go. That could be true. But I think Adam's right. A lot of times when players have been concussed, they miss a game and then they're right back at it. And hopefully, my fingers are crossed that that's what happens. I want to see Naheem Hines back on the field. And uh, what a role he could come back to. You saw how many targets and catches Deion Jackson had last week. Yeah, I think that might have been more of a matchup thing than anything else. But if the if the Colts decide to implement that more often, that's where Hines could really be amazing in PPR. And that hurts Deion Jackson. Right. I just I wonder now if Deion Jackson has done well enough that Hines wouldn't get as many touches as we thought. But the bottom line is Hines could be back this week. Taylor could be back this week. So if you see Deion Jackson available... Should you make him your number one priority? Because he really might be completely useless. Well, I mean, to be fair, Hines is only rostered in 1% more of leagues. So there's yeah. a good chance we could be looking at both of them. <laughs> I would absolutely yeah. prioritize Hines over Jackson. All right. Uh, all right. So Kenyon Drake. Why Drake? Like if you're looking at it right now, if all the Colts running backs are available, spend all of your fab on Jonathan Taylor. Then go get Naeem Hines second. Then Deion Jackson third. And then, if everybody else is on an island, then go get Philip Lindsay. Okay. Now, why Kenyon Drake over Gus Edwards, Jamie? Why Kenyon Drake over Gus Edwards? This, that, I, as I told you before, to me, it's a short-term thing. If you're looking yep. long-term, I'd much rather have Gus Edwards because I do think that there's an opportunity for him to be a factor for the Ravens' backfield. Uh, but that might not be until week 10, for all we know. You know, it could be Gus Edwards is activated off IR if he's off, off the pup, excuse me. Um, to the active roster, and they decide he's not not even ready, and and they shelve him for the rest of the season. You know, they still have uh, I think it's one more week. This this has got to be the week, right? Because it was two weeks ago that they opened the twenty one day window. <clears throat> so it was last week. I hope that Edwards comes back and has a role. And if Dobbins is out for any significant period of time, then I think Edwards could be very good for fantasy managers. But for this week, I don't expect to see Gus Edwards at this moment. So yes, you should try and maybe prioritize both. And again. If you have an IR spot, we've been saying this. Dave, Dave mentioned Kieran Williams, uh, Van Jefferson, uh, Travis Homer. Um, put these Sammy Watkins. Huh? Sammy Watkins could be Sammy back Watkins this week. on that list. Uh, you can. I mean, Damian Williams, Gus Edwards. You know, these guys all have the chance to have roles at some point. I like Damian Williams. Uh, I think why cool. not just stash them to see what happens until you need to make a move? Traylon Burks. You know, I mean, all these guys that are on yeah. IR that are sitting there, Jamison Williams. You know, if you have these IR spots, use them. Okay, so <clears throat> you mentioned some guys here, uh, Kyron Williams, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, Damian Williams. Also, obviously, Latavius Murray is going to be a big one. He's 24% rostered, 15 carries last night, and he has uh, the Jets coming up. Um, they've been kind of inconsistent against the run. Philip Lindsay could have a big role. Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman are guys to consider just because Christian McCaffrey could get traded. If that real quick, guys, just give me a name. If that happens, would you prefer Hubbard or Foreman? I would lean toward Hubbard because I would hope if they're doing their due diligence, they're making a trade to see what the younger guy can be as a backup, not to see what Deontay Foreman can do trying to win games. Dave, Hubbard or Foreman? Just real quick. It's Hubbard. Jamie laid it out pretty well. I think he's the more explosive back of the two. And certainly the one who's better suited to play on passing downs. What about Caleb Huntley? Any interest in Caleb Huntley? You got to be desperate for a touchdown or bust running back. And we're now two weeks into Cordero Patterson's injury. So mm -hmm. 
two weeks he could be back. You mentioned that the Bengals defense has been good. And yes. at some point, Damian Williams will be active. So I don't want to be chasing the Falcons running back situation. I, well, I'll tell you what. The Bengals, def- the Bengals pass defense has been great. Since they lost DJ Reader, their run defense isn't That's as good. Point. And boy, yes. the Falcons can run on anyone. So yes, but it's also been five guys running on it. Right, team. but Huntley yeah, had that's a good point. Huntley had it's ten carries and sixteen. Avery carries. Williams pops up every now and then, and then Marcus yeah. Mariota. All right, he did have sixteen carries last week. He had ten and a touchdown the week before. Oh no, that was two weeks ago. Sorry, but yeah, right, it's not super appealing. But okay, wide receiver, you'll have to take a look to see if Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, or Robert Woods are available. They're available in fewer than thirty percent, but more than twenty percent of CBS Sports leagues. We like Alec Pierce. Each of Alec Pierce's next two opponents are giving up a lot of big pass plays and a lot of completions of 20-plus air yards. Tennessee's allowed the most completions of 20-plus air yards, I believe, in the NFL, and they've only played five games. So, you know, Pierce is kind of a downfield guy. He has an 11.5 ADOT, which isn't huge, but he's averaging 15.1 yards per catch. So uh, that, that could be good matchups for Alec Pierce, Tennessee and Washington on paper anyway. Rondale Moore, Dave's going to throw Darnell Mooney up in here. Wandale Robinson, Robbie Anderson, you could take a shot on. Josh Reynolds is interesting. Uh, he's got back-to-back. He's got 81 or more yards in three straight games for the first time in his career, but it has obviously coincided with DJ Chark and Amandra St. Brown being injured. Um, Jamison Williams, is he going to play this week? No. no, but again, somebody just to consider stashing. You know, it might not be for another few weeks. It might not be at all the season. Who knows? But... Yeah. Uh, IR spot should be picked up if you have you know the open open spot to use. Um, and if you're in a deeper league, why not take a flyer on somebody who is as talented as anybody in that class and, and might end up being a, a star for the Lions even this season at the end of the year. Okay, we also have Tyquan Thornton, who Dave mentioned earlier. He's got some serious speed. He absolutely blew by his defender on his touchdown. It was, I think, a one- or two-yard touchdown catch. He has six catches this year, and half of them have been on screens. So that's um, interesting. Uh, also, sorry, Nelson Aguilar missed week six and Kendrick Bourne left early with an injury. So keep that in mind with Thornton. You hear me uh, mention this uh, training facility from time to time, XP Sports in, in uh, down for Lauderdale. These are the guys that they trained, these rookies this year, uh, and what they've done so far. So um, Tariq Wollin, who's got four interceptions for the Seahawks, playing great. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, who's starting to come on now for the Patriots. Isaiah Pacheco, who uh, is, you know, Clearly a big part of the Chiefs' backfield and, and has some some upside at some point. Um, I'm forgetting two guys. Uh, the tight end in Tennessee, I never can pronounce his name. Um, the rookie tight end. Hooper. No, just kidding. No, the other guy, the better one. Um, you look it up, you'll see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And um, why am I can they train the me? Guy? Huh? Can they train me? Can they train you? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I still haven't told you what There's happened. Price for that. I haven't told they, you what happened they, to me last night. You're here by uh, my Iron Man story. Um, they crushed. Uh, they crushed the combine, bit. and those guys are are doing a great job at uh, on the NFL level right now. There's also Chase Claypool and Van Jefferson. How about Allen Robinson, guys? Any interest in Allen Robinson going into a bye? So I, I originally had him on the list, but I mean, how many people are running on a bye week to get Allen Robinson? Yeah. Okay. How many Rams are worth holding on to during the bye? Cooper Cup, of course. Henderson, uh, Henderson and Higby, and Higby. Yeah. Is the Rams DST worth hanging on to through the? Play? No, I agree. Okay, do you have any interest in Noah Brown with Dak Prescott back? No, no. not not a huge priority. Okay, 
Tight ends, check for Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryermuth, and Robert Tunyon. If they're not available, we like Evan Ingram. Revenge Why would we check for Dalton Schultz? Why wouldn't you? Well, when Dak is back. Because he's hurt with a PCL, that probably means he's only a straight-line runner at this point. I I wouldn't mind stashing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. No, I I wouldn't mind stashing Schultz if I have a roster spot to see what happens when Dak is back. Right. I mean, let's just think about how excited we were about him. And then he had a good week one. You know, he had double-digit PPR fantasy points with Dak. All right. Evan Ingram, Daniel Bellinger, Cade. Let's be honest. It's You're not like, you're not, there aren't star tight ends out there this week. But but Ingram has, you know, been fairly consistent. Uh, Ingram and Bellinger facing each other. Cade Otten, who, as soon as Cameron Bray goes out of the game, he gets he gets targeted, you know. Uh, both of his catches came after Brait left uh, last week to two for 23, but he had, what, six for 43 the week before that on seven targets. Greg Dulcich had a 39-yard touchdown catch. Jawan, jo- Jawan Johnson with Adam Troutman hurt. Arizona's 31st against tight ends. They have faced Kelsey Waller, Higby, and Dallas Goddard, but they're not good against tight ends. Jawan Johnson had six targets and four catches last week. Uh, Hunter Henry a little bit more targeted lately. Mike Gesicki seems like he does well when they're in furious comeback mode. I'm not sure if that will happen against Pittsburgh. I think we should get into him just for a second because I think the general public will be all over Mike Gesicki because he's been a fantasy name before and he's coming off of the two-touchdown game. It wouldn't surprise me if he was one of the most added players at tight end. If we knew for sure that Waddle would miss a lot of time, and he might miss this week, does does that pique your interest in Gesicki a little bit more? Or are yeah. you just so conditioned to not believing in him having good games in a row that you just don't even want to bother with him? I, it's a, I didn't even consider the Waddle point. That's a great point. Uh, and Pittsburgh, I mean, they don't seem like a tough matchup. Maybe we'll call them a neutral matchup. But yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. That's a good point. I didn't, I'll put Gasicki on the radar for sure. Uh, Jake Ferguson could also be on your radar. I just, I don't know how much. Cowboys. I don't know how many, how many, how much fab I would put on him. Like if, if I'm getting him at a fair, like three or 4%, I guess I'm okay with that. And I'll take the chance on him as a streaming tight ends go because no one on the tight end list has sky high upside. You know, you talk about Ingram, he's in that 10 PPR point range. Bellinger has been in that range for the last two weeks. I don't know if Dulcich is ever going to get there. You could make the argument that Gasicki does have a chance to get there because he's gotten there. Um, when you said Adam, when they're in furious comeback mode, now, are they going to be in furious comeback mode against the Steelers? That feels like a low-scoring back-and-forth game to me. Mm. But, you know, more importantly to me is Gasicki's history of when a wide receiver goes down, that is the only time, basically, that he's good. Mm-hmm. And he could be really good. And it was in the past, it was Preston Williams basically getting hurt, and he was good. Um, so, all right, you know what, Dave? If Jalen Waddle's out, tell me what you think about this. My priority would be Evan Ingram 1, Mike Gasicki 2. I'd put Gasicki one. Okay. I would too if if we know for sure that he's out. What what did McDaniel say about it? That's true. I'm sorry for talking. Did do you guys have the quote from McDaniel yesterday? All I know is that he said it could be. I thought he said that he might miss a, a week. Or kind of intimated that he would miss a week. Waddle, you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so listen, Mike Kosicki could be a priority. Uh, he's got to wrap up the show here. DSTs, Patriots, 62% rostered. They got the Bears. Jets, 5% rostered at Denver. 
There, every DST that has faced Denver has been good. That includes mm-hmm. Seattle, Houston, and Las Vegas. Uh, the Titans, their best game this year came against the Colts, and that's who they're facing. The Giants at the Jaguars and the Broncos. I was surprised the Broncos only 62% rostered. They are clearly one of the best defenses in football. I think a lot of people got away from them, understandably so, with the Chargers. Yeah, and I actually didn't see how many points they scored, but they must have had a pretty good game <laughs> against the Chargers. Uh, kickers, pick and... yeah, and seventeen and nineteen points allowed. Oh, I have a right. They uh, they scored eight points. wasn't great. Only two sacks, but not bad. Brett Maher, Dustin Hopkins, Graham Gano, Chase McLaughlin, Greg Zerline are your kickers. So last night, washing my hands, ran out of soap, went and got a new thing of hand soap. Had to, you know, how you have to like spin the dispenser nope. up. So I spun it up, and for some reason, the soap came shooting out, exploded right into my eye. Horrible. Uh, and I had to flush it with water, and it was like torture. I mean, think about washing your eyeball, basically. Uh, I had to call the eye doctor who told me to go in the shower and rinse my eye, which was much better. But I think that really set no, me off. Showered. I did. This, this is the only way I shower if I accidentally get soap in my eye. Uh, so this probably put me in the bad mood. And then Cortland Sutton let me down in five leagues. I probably lost all of them. Haven't even had the guts to check. Um, the Yankees got rained out. Yeah, I just... At least the Yankees didn't lose. Uh, yeah, I'm actually glad they got rained out because I, I couldn't see that well out of my right eye. And I didn't want to have to stream the game <laughs> while watching football. So that was fine. But yeah, the salty Adam. I, I hope it was at least entertaining. Thank you all for Soapy watching. Adam. Soapy, Soapy Adam. Soapy hey, Adam. Uh, Chris, Chris Perkins tweeted, Mike McDaniel seemed optimistic about Waddle. I will find the exact quote and tweet it out. Uh, okay, cool. Thank you. So if you ever get soap in your eye, go in the shower and rinse it. It's much better than the sink. I was screaming in pain. It was terrible. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Actually, we have a live stream tonight. We'll talk to you then. See ya. APM Eastern. the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.